Faust by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe was inspired by the original work, Historia von Johann D. Fausten, an anonymous work circulated in Germany in 1587. Goethe read the 1725 Faust chapbook, and it preoccupied him for much of his life. Goethe's Faust, his magnum opus, is written in two parts and was initiated in his twenties. The first part was concluded in his fifties, whilst part two was not completed until Goethe was in his early eighties. In the story of Goethe's play, the Lord makes a wager with Mephistopheles in relation to Faust, who, as a devout servant of God, hankers after heaven's loftiest orbs, that is, wisdom and knowledge, to the point of madness half-suspected on Faust's part. God intends to reward Faust for his assiduous and consistent endeavor. However, Mephistopheles suggests that he can lead Faust from his true source by guiding him in paths that I, Mephistopheles, choose for him. God gives his permission, confident that though a man must strive, and striving he must err, and that a good man in his dark, bewildered course will not forget the way of righteousness. Despite Faust having gained much knowledge, he is full of malcontent and a deep sense of incompletedness and turns to the abyss of necromancy. Necromancy here means divination. Mephistopheles interacts with Faust and so begins his embarking on a spiritual journey fraught with vision. As it states, now we wend our way into witchery and dreams, and as Mephistopheles says, here we are at the uttermost bounds of understanding, that is to say where the wit of man breaks down. It is in part two that we see the bulk of Faust's spiritual experiences, and in this context his change and growth. He wakes in a pleasing landscape, the mystery closer seeing, in mirrored hues we have our life and being. Faust eventually dies and Mephistopheles stands over the body awaiting his prize, Faust's soul. However, a host of angels from heaven descend and rise again, bearing away with them the immortal part of Faust and leaving Mephistopheles looking around himself indignant, wondering to whom he should complain for the stealing of the soul-pledged mine. It is near to the end that Faust, having wandered through the underworld, interacting with a variety of spiritual entities, now walks with wisdom's deeper heed. And here we find several instances and use of light. For instance, there is Faust's speech near the end of part two, where it states, What then? Clear light within my mind shines still. Only the master's word gives action weight. And later, when the host of angels appear with venomous light, in the passage of Chorus we find, Turn, flames of love once more, pure light reveal. Those who their lives deplore, truth yet shall heal. It does not seem to me that Goethe's Faust can be appreciated fully from a purely academic standpoint. It is an allegory of the combination of academic study and learnedness into matters deeply spiritual and esoteric, and, combined with meditation, a spiritual journey can be undertaken, with its resulting spiritual experience associated with light, contentedness, and even reward. This will be discussed more fully in Chapter 6, but can be seen in the following explorations of the writings of Nietzsche and Jung, who actually lived through similar experiences themselves, as opposed to this fictional portrayal. However, it should be at least worthy of consideration whether the passion and detail within the writing of Faust does not suggest that Goethe may have also gone through such an experience himself.
Goethe, like the character Faust and other individuals discussed in this chapter, was a varied and well-studied man. Among his studies was that of alchemy, which provided the foundation from which Faust originated. It was Goethe's conviction that people who followed him would reap knowledge beyond their imagination. Few people realized that Goethe also produced a sizable body of scientific work that focused on such diverse topics as plants, color, clouds, weather, and geology. In particular, his intense fascination with light went to such a degree that he was skeptical of Newton's work on the matter and competed bitterly with Newton for decades on the definition of light. His writings on this research can be found in his book The Theory of Color, published in 1810. It is fascinating to note that Goethe's last words in life were not an appeal to God for eternal rest, but more light. Christopher Marlowe's verse play of the Faust story is far less involved and shorter in length than Goethe's version. Marlowe's account is simplistic and less spiritual in its narration of Faust, who here appears as a scholar and a black magician, and who promises his soul to the devil and his agent Mephistopheles for wisdom and experience. In Marlowe's narrative, as opposed to that of Goethe's, Faust's learning is trivialized, and one can see Faust as a fool, significantly different from the spiritual journey in Goethe's play. I have also read the original 1592 edition of the History of the Damnable Life and Deserved Death of Dr. John Faustus, and you can clearly see from where Marlowe's story originates. The original is marginally more complex than Marlowe's rendition, but it is also essentially a moral and Christian tale of good and evil paths and the penalty for taking the path of evil. In fact, in this original work, the account of Faust's end could have been taken from a modern-day horror film. It states, They found no Faustus, but all the hall lay besprinkled with blood, his brains cleaving to the wall, for the devil had beaten him from one wall against another. In one corner lay his eyes, in another his teeth, a pitiful and fearful sight to behold. While the original may be a very good narrative, it lacks the volume, complexity, passion and spirituality of Goethe's rendition. It is clear that Goethe retold the Faust story in his own very personal way.